Welcome into episode number 71 of the Hippies and Cowboys podcast. Uh, it's a special episode today. Uh, we have three guests all combined into one episode of the podcast, and uh, we will be doing this episode to help promote uh, some content coming out from Healing Appalachia that's put on by Hope in the Hills out of West Virginia. I'm going to read to you a little bit from the Healing Appalachia website, and this is from HealingAppalachia.org. Drug overdose is the leading cause of death for people under the age of 50 in the United States. The Appalachian region has been dramatically impacted by the opioid and heroin epidemic. West Virginia has the highest rate of fatal overdose in the nation. The causes for this epidemic are complex. Many sources point to the economic decline and continuing loss of decent jobs through ongoing deindustrialization that has particularly impacted the region. Multiple legal settlements from drug companies to states and local units of government verify that pharmaceutical opioid marketing and prescribing practices set the stage for opioid and later heroin addiction. At present, addiction-related charities receive around $25 million in private funds annually. This is in contrast to $390 billion given to all charities based on facing addiction and giving USA 2016 data. This approximately, or sorry, this is approximately 0.000006% of all charitable funds raised. So with Hope in the Hills, they're an organization out of West Virginia that uh, raises money to donate to uh, facilities and other, and put on programs uh, to fight opioid addiction in the Appalachian region. They put on a music festival every year. Their first year was 2018 and again in 2019. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately for 2020, they weren't able to have a festival obviously due to COVID. And so coming up on Friday, February 12th, 2021 at 8 p.m. Eastern time, they will be playing a concert stream from 2019's festival with some never-before-seen footage, uh, including the full set, 90 minutes, uh, from Tyler Childers and the Food Stamps, as well as highlights from other artists, including Brian Fallon, Arlo McKinley, Sonora May, and others. Uh, in between the musical sets, there will also be interviews with Hope in the Hills founders, Charlie Hatcher and Ian Thornton, and uh, Margaret Moore, PhD, who organized a pilot project in music-themed forward-facing trauma therapy for Hope in the Hills. We're obviously very excited to help promote this content and Hope in the Hills and Healing Appalachia. Um, but one other very exciting thing that um, we're doing with them is they've been generous enough to donate uh, a few things to, to for us to raffle off um, with all of the proceeds going towards local charities for Garrett and I. So we'll talk about, um, we'll, we'll give you a rundown of what charities we've chosen, but what we're raffling off is a signed poster from Tyler Childers, a signed Die Midwestern vinyl record from Arlo McKinley, we have a 2019 Healing Appalachia 
concert poster and a $50 gift card to Tyler Childers uh, merchandise website. And then we're also throwing in merchandise from our own store uh, at Hippies and Cowboys. So this bundle And that's is, all one prize bundle. That's, a, that's all one, one prize bundle. All of that. Yes. So for $25, uh, you get a ticket to that, and you can buy as many as you want. And you will the winner will take home all of those items, which is um, pretty outstanding. And um, all of those funds will go towards the, the two charities that Garrett and I have chosen uh, locally. Yeah, so starting off, I guess, with the, the charity that I've chosen here in Alberta, uh, I guess if you want to call it a charity, it's uh, Addiction Treatment Center uh, here in Alberta. It's called Poundmakers Lodge uh, Treatment Centers. Uh, it's pretty close to where I'm at, I'm at here outside of Edmonton, Alberta. And uh, what they do is they focus on primarily indigenous folks who uh, have been uh, caught up in addiction and uh, rehabilitating them and getting them back out in society using some traditional practices and uh, focusing on indigenous culture and spirituality uh, for, the, for the clients. Here in Alberta, the numbers are pretty much night and day when it comes to especially opioid addiction when you talk about First Nations people compared to non-First Nations people. Uh, an example of this is in 2018, which was the most recent data I could find, the rate of emergency department visits per 100,000 people due to opioids for non-First Nations people was 217 per 100,000. And for First Nations people, that number was 1,683. So obviously, you know, addiction is something that uh, doesn't discriminate. It is not, it doesn't see color. It doesn't care who you voted for. It doesn't care about any of that. But here in Alberta, uh, unfortunately, um, opioid addiction is a bigger problem for folks in the indigenous community. So that's kind of what went into making this decision on my behalf as to where this money is going to go here at home and uh yeah i guess that's that's kind of the rundown then on on my end uh the so half of uh the funds that that we raised from this raffle um will go to the iowa harm reduction coalition which is a relatively young uh nonprofit here in iowa um that was started by it's, it's community-based um nonprofit that um kind of there there is a group of people that addressed the need um not just for uh addiction help well kind of a, a lot of the 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 needs that come along with uh fighting addiction so um hepatitis hiv and then uh kind of along with all of the the other addictions that we see across our state here in Iowa um but the the overall focus is to um, make Iowa safer and to to save lives of people who are battling um, the the disease of addiction. And um, one thing I I took from their website is they they said if you donate, so they kind of threw out some examples of where the money goes, and they they 
use the example of $100 uh, goes to enable 20 Iowans to reverse an opioid overdose and save those lives. So if $100 saves, can save 20 uh, Iowans from opioid overdose, then, well, a $25 ticket could be five, five lives. So um, just one ticket into this raffle um, could uh, really, you know, give um, multiple people a second shot at, at life here, here in Iowa. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's where the money's going, um, on the Iowa end. It's called the Iowa Harm Reduction, uh, Coalition. Yeah, so Mike and I would both really like to thank, uh, everyone at Whizbang Booking and Management, everyone at Hope in the Hills and Hewing Appalachia, everyone at Oh Boy Records, Arlo McKinley, Tyler Childers for donating these items for us to raffle off and being kind enough to first of all think of us um, in helping them promote this stuff and then uh, of course letting us giving us the opportunity to donate to some some local um, organizations that that need it so that's all really really cool opportunity for us and I, I know we're both as Mike said really excited about it so Thanks so much to all of those people. I don't think I'm forgetting anybody, but um, anyway, let's get things started. Uh, our three guests on the podcast today are Charlie Hatcher, Ian Thornton, and Arlo McKinley. Uh, we'll start things off with Charlie. Charlie is one of the founders of Hope in the Hills and the Music Festival, and uh, I don't have to do too much explaining here because we kind of go through the entire origin story of the organization and the music festival and uh everything else with charlie here so thank you all for tuning in you can go to the hippies and and uh enter that raffle the winner will be announced the day before the stream on february 11th so get over there and get entered into the contest i guess not a contest sorry a raffle get entered into the raffle uh, you can have a chance to win that Unreal prize bundle and uh, just know that every dollar that uh, we we make from this raffle will go towards a great cause. So thank you all for listening. Thank you all for entering the raffle in advance. And uh, I hope everyone is able to learn a thing or two from, the ep- from this episode and uh, help make a difference themselves. Thanks for tuning in. All right, sitting down with us today is Charlie Hatcher from Hope in the Hills, and of course, they put on the music festival Healing Appalachia, and uh, Charlie's just joining us today to uh, tell us a bit about it, and uh, yeah, hopefully give everybody some information about the festival and the uh, purpose of the organization and all that, all the great work that they do. Uh, down in the Appalachian region and beyond. So thanks for sitting down with us, Charlie. We appreciate you doing this, and we appreciate you guys uh, thinking of us to help you help you get the word out. Hey, man, anybody that'll listen, we want to tell them. That's great, man. Yeah. yeah, man, it's pretty. It's pretty cool. It's 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 a pretty good feeling, and it's uh, it's. I know. I think I speak for both Mike and myself in saying it's an honor to just be a part of it, and hopefully, like you said, get get the word out, right? So. Yeah, man. Um, I guess like what might, might be a good place to start here is just, uh, if you could maybe, I guess, give everyone a little bit of background information about both 
the organization and mm-hmm. the music festival and kind of tell maybe tell like the origin story behind sure. behind both if you can. Yeah, man. So the the it all goes back, man. I you know, I I grew up here in southern West Virginia, um, in the heart of Appalachia, which was hit uh, with a direct shot from the opioid epidemic. We were primarily working class, uh, you know, what do you call socioeconomic base here that was targeted by, you know, pharmaceutical companies to, because everybody down here worked in the coal mines and, and, and the steel industry, the industry, the, the energy industries, and they all had good benefits. So they all had insurance. So it was this new wonder drug, you know, it was going to save everybody's backs, you know, and yeah, well, it did. And then it got them all hooked. Then it got their family hooked. And then it got their children hooked, their grandchildren, preachers, their brothers, their mothers, their cousins. It's everywhere. Um, but, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd had enough of watching. I come from a small single-A school, Fayetteville uh, High School, class 95. Woo-woo. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of my friends, are, they passed on. People I grew up with, people I've known all my life, you know, we just all kind of went separate ways. And, you know, I've had a lot of them come back too, man. Boy, I've had that's, uh, some real surprises come back. And uh, they're, you know, five and ten years clean now and just some of the most awesome people. And that goes to show, too, that it recovery works. Mm-hmm. And But anyways, this all started out, man. I got – I was trying to help a friend of mine uh, – I'd never met her son. She had an older son that had had uh, suffered with addiction issues for five to six years, I believe. And he had actually just returned from a 90 day program in California. And she was concerned that he was, you know, sliding and not, it wasn't working for him. And so she called me and asked me if I'd help her find him some rehab. And <clears throat> my friends that have gotten sober, some of them are really, big figures in the sober community are, and are able to help you help me guide me through those, those paths to get them directly into help that they needed. And this was on a Friday. I found out I couldn't, there was nothing you could, that could really happen until the following week. And he passed over the weekend. And I, I got a phone call from a friend of mine to, to tell me that, you know, they didn't need the bed. And it was, I was on a fishing bank. I was fishing on the Greenbrier River when I got the call. And they just, like, I, just, I don't need the bed. He's gone. And I've had enough. Yeah. How many got to die? You know, I mean, how many people have to die from this? And I, that's basically what I said to myself. What can I do to be a part of, you know, someone finding that second chance or, or figuring out that they do have self-worth and that, you know, you don't have to get stuck in this. Um, so I started, I've, I've done a lot of shows, concerts, book clubs, played in bands, been involved in things for quite a while. And I called my good friend, Ian Thornton down in, uh, Cabell County, which is equally just, I mean, it's just as bad as where I am down here in Greenbrier County quite possibly even worse. Um, and I just told him this, I have this idea, man. I think that 
if we can use our connections throughout the, the, the music industry and, and talk to people that, that trust us and trust our opinions and that, that we can pull off a, a quality show that can actually make an impact. And he said, sign me up and let's do it. So he and I started digging deep and how we're going to put this whole thing together. We, we formed a board of a board of directors for our nonprofit I think that was this is what this is 2021 now i think we actually formed in 17 it took us quite some time to get this thing moving and off the ground because well none of us knew what we were doing <laughs> <laughs> on, on, on that side that's why we brought the created one of the greatest boards ever because we surrounded ourselves with folks that well they know what they're doing you know, we're, I, I'm, I'm the dreamer of the bunch, the one that has the crazy ideas that people either say, wow, man, that's a really good idea, or what are you thinking, man? <laughs> so, so it's great. We've got a great board, man. We, we put this thing together. Our first concert was actually in 2018. Uh, we partnered with the West Virginia State Fair and they they're super good partners they're they're here in lewisburg west virginia where i live and uh they donated the use of the property and labor and just they're great partners in what we're doing um and the first year we did it we i was thinking man if we have you know a thousand people show up you gotta call this we're doing something right Mm -hmm. but 2400 um then year two which would be 2000 yeah, it completely blew us away. And then 2019 rolls around, and we get into that one, and, man, we sold, I think it was 6,000 tickets in three hours. And then the wow. balance of it, I, I we decided to just shut ticket sales off. There, there, there was 7,000 tickets sold for that event. We had approximately 8,500 people there. Um, one of the things we also do is we want we want everyone that wants to come to this thing but may not be able to afford it mm-hmm. not to to feel that they're left they're, they don't get left in the dust we don't we don't we don't leave yeah. anybody behind um, so we invite a lot of the recovery houses and sober houses and sober living houses and folks that are doing the hard work come on in um, man and a lot of them in turn say hey you know. What can we do for you? And that's how we're able to pull off these big events through the volunteers and mm-hmm. the one of the hardest working boards um, that I, I, I mean, I, this is a great group of people, man. Everybody's like-minded. We're, we're, we're laser focused on trying to help people, man. The, the, the mm-hmm. mission of the whole thing is to end addiction in Appalachia. You know, it's a lofty goal, but somebody's got to mm-hmm. try. Yeah, that that was what, one of my next questions. Actually, is just like what what were some of the things like right at the beginning that you guys set out to do uh, with both the organization and with the festival? I guess there all these questions are going to kind of be two parts. Sure, because there's sure you know obviously the sure. organization itself and then the festival on top of that, right? So what as an organization, what we started out to do was to be able to get money directly into the hands and watch it work and see things, see the fruits of your labor. And the, the, through quick action and through the, the, the labor of the board, like I keep referring back to this board that we have, man, this board of directors is great. They, we have that ability, ability to move quickly. 
um, to where we see a need, there's a hole, let's fill it. Um, we, we've done some great work here in Greenbrier County. Uh, there's a facility here that works with mothers that are, di- are addicted. We were able to bring them enough finances to get up and going. And what they do, man, this is, it's, it's, they do acupuncture in your ear. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And they, they've got another method that they work with infants with turnip seeds. And if you've ever seen an infant that's born addicted, man, you, you never want to see it again. It's a sight that never leaves your mind. You can't get away from it. And the fact, and here's another fact, we've got, we've got a whole generation of these folks coming up. We don't know what the long-term effects of being addicted to opiates are in utero by the time you hit 40 years old. These are the people that are going to be making the decisions for us when we're the older people that, well, need decisions made for. And right. it's, 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 it, it, this addiction, this disease, it, t- it touches every aspect of life you can possibly think of. And it's not pretty. It's, it's not political. Nobody wants to talk about it because everybody's got someone in their family. If you're in Appalachia, everybody, I don't care who you are, you have a cousin, a brother, somebody is addicted in your family or has suffered from addiction. It's just the way it is. And it's not pretty. Mm-hmm. People don't want to talk about it. But, you know, this board, we, we've put money, we've sponsored beds in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, Huntington, West Virginia, Charleston, West Virginia, Beckley, West Virginia. Um, we've done some work down in Kentucky, a couple spots in Kentucky. Um, this board has created a new music program. That goes, mm-hmm. we, we create the program, we send the curriculum, we send the teacher, we send the instruments, we send it all down there. Uh, when we first started at Maggie, uh, the lady that runs it for us, she didn't think she'd have that many of the, of the folks in the rehab facilities sign up. And she's thinking maybe she had 10. All 30 of them participated and went all the way to the end. And the feedback that we got from that of these, these guys and gals being able to talk through their problems through music that's a big deal too man um and then and then the event you know the the main idea of the event is to basically raise awareness and raise money that we can put into action we've got a granting process we're working on getting uh grant applications up on our website um you know i mean we just doing doing the best we can man yeah that's that's amazing. I mean, the, the impact that you guys have had and just from everything that you've said. And um, I guess one of the reasons that you're talking to, to us here is, is you're, you've already made such a big impact in, in Appalachia. And you said, obviously, the, the goal is to end addiction in mm-hmm. that region, which is a lofty goal. Um, but something that just the you guys are working your best at, as you said, and... Um, kind of what us being brought into is a to spread awareness and b to kind of expand that outside of that region oh, yeah. too it's not <laughs> it's not just dedicated to us here in appalachia right. man it's it goes it goes way out there uh, it's in every state it's just it here in west virginia and eastern kentucky out of any other geographic region in north america we've had more deaths per capita Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. that that's just crazy man uh there's yeah. not a lot of people here either <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and, and i think an important point like for anybody to take away from it 
from this, you know, from this podcast, from what you guys do from the festival, like, like you said, is, is, you know, you can't reach those goals and you can't make a difference if the, you know, the awareness isn't there. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Um, so if you can even reach, you know, if you can reach any, any, anyone from doing stuff like this or whatever it may be, like, I, I just, you know, as you were talking there, I was just thinking to myself, like, it's not something that's, I don't think I, you know, it was always something I was aware of. And, you know, even here at home, like, it wasn't something that I guess I put a lot of thought into until we had this, you know, we had conversations about doing mm-hmm. this podcast and whatnot. And in the time since we've started to set this up, like, it's really something that I've done you know, quite a bit of research on now and you, you really realize how, how close to home it actually hits when mm-hmm. that's, and that's all it takes. Like you said, is just that awareness now is, yeah, it's, if it's out of sight, out of mind, you don't, it's mm-hmm. not, exactly, right? you're not thinking yeah. about it. And like I said, it's not, it's not political. So it's not, and it's not pretty. So it's not something that people want to talk about. It doesn't make the news as much as it sh- probably should, you mm-hmm. know, uh, you, you can compare, you can compare d- opioid deaths and just not 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 even just opioids, but but addiction deaths mm-hmm. yeah. to to COVID numbers. Right. Yeah, that that's exactly right. Like this, I had that written down. That's maybe a good point. Yeah. To yeah, a good spot to plug that in there is like I had written down. Like I had read, uh, just in the time since COVID nineteen had began, like in early December here in Alberta, we had nine hundred and four. On the on the year 2020, 904 deaths due to mm-hmm. opioid, um, like whether they were suicide or accidental, uh, 904 deaths due to opioid, mm-hmm. um, opioids. And in comparison, I couldn't find any numbers from early December, but we right now currently in late January of 2021, we have 1,500, just uh, nearly 1,600. Uh, COVID deaths. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, that's a pretty that that's pretty yeah, some pretty staggering numbers. Like pretty comparable, exactly. And it's just like you said. It's since it's not the since it's not the hot topic of no. of the day. Like nobody really wants to talk about it. But um, I think something that you definitely wanted to talk about too is the fact that you know those two things kind of go hand in hand because people are cooped up at home. People are yeah. losing their jobs due to this yeah. uh, pandemic, and uh, you know there's a lot of there's a lot of factors that play into you know th- th- those numbers and those num those ad- addiction numbers skyrocketing basically due to the pandemic yeah well. if they and if they were to put the suicide numbers on top of that i bet you're you're you're, you're damn near close to yeah. neck and neck man uh, this, mm-hmm. you know suicides have gone through the absolute roof right now because you know being in quarantine doesn't do well for one's addiction and it sure doesn't do one good for one's psyche you know so if there was a mental underlying mental illness which yeah i mean it's it's pretty prevalent within the world of addiction as well it's just compounded by that and then the anxiety and everything just um i had a dear friend of mine's brother pass away just last week he he hung himself um overdoses that are within my circle of people uh just since christmas four i mean it's it's crazy man it's yes it is very staggering and then you know my 
got other friends who have other friends that aren't really a part of my circle. I'm hearing them, oh, man, you know, I just had a friend overdose and died last night. I'm like, oh, dude, sorry. You know, it's yeah. bad, man. And another thing that don't, that's not pretty either, but there's more grandparents raising grandchildren right now than there's ever been, man. Mm-hmm. It's the, 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 uh, Foster care system, I, I don't know about, you know, the whole thing, but I can speak for West Virginia. Our foster care system is overburdened, man. I mean, it is so overburdened. And and you, you just, you know, my sister used to work in the foster care system, and she got out of it, oh, I think about seven years ago. And they used to maintain 3,000 kids. They're maintaining five 5,000 kids now. Wow. That's, that's crazy, man. That's something that, you know, when you hear people talk about opioid, the opioid crisis or uh, anything related to that, that's something that typically you're probably not going to think of. You know, you, you don't think no. of all the all the underlying effects that yeah. that the, the whole thing. Reaction of yeah, events. the chain reaction of events oh, that, man. That, that sets oh. in motion when you have yeah. a crisis of this level um, affecting an area like that is... And industry yeah. shut down here. You know, West Virginia plays a big part in the in, in the energy sector, and mm-hmm. you know, closing of coal mines. Man, that that's poverty breeds addiction, and mm-hmm. the coal mines closing down, the the steel mills closing down, and I mean, it's just it's 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 hard, man. Yeah, um, it's hard. I'm it's sure. hard to watch a place you love so damn much. Absolutely, just fall to bits but yeah. you know there's bright spots there certainly are i don't want to sound all doom and gloom because mm-hmm. there's yeah. definite bright spots and some really good men and women out there doing the hard work and then those are the ones we want to support yeah. <laughs> you know? and and that was kind of i, I was going to segue into something a little bit more cheery too is is um how the the support from the artists that you've gotten um with yeah. the festival um, seems to be pretty overwhelming with, you know, Tyler and, and you can go down the mm-hmm. list of, of all the artists that have been donating their time and, and, uh, voice kind of to, to help you guys out also. Um, well, Tyler was one of the first ones we approached about this. Um, you know, him growing up in Eastern Kentucky, he's no stranger to this, you know, he knows. And it's like I said earlier, everybody in this area has got somebody. You know, mm-hmm. and it was a it was a thing that really touched his heart, and he felt that you know this was a, a cause that he wanted to get behind, and you know put his two cents in, man. And he he busts his ass for us. He, he's he's a genuinely great guy, man. He's simple, nice fella, um, and he's dedicated himself to helping us with this with this cause, and I'm forever grateful to him. Grateful to him as an Appalachian and grateful to him as a friend. Um, he's 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 done a lot for us, man. He really has. And just his his notoriety brings a lot more notoriety to the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and as he has grown, he has he's championed Appalachian causes in every aspect of what he does right now. I mean, he's he's mm-hmm. he's a big part of what we're doing, man. And and I couldn't I like I said I can't thank him enough. <laughs> Definitely. And uh, 
maybe just kind of going back to something you had said, like you said, it's, you don't want to be all, you know, doom and gloom, but you know, it's, it's a, it's a tough topic to talk about, mm-hmm. you know, especially if you are somebody who's had a, whether addiction, whether it be opioid addiction or any kind of addiction, you know, touch your yeah. life in any significant way. It's a, it's a tough topic to talk about because it's not things that you really want to, uh, you know, kind of bring, bring back. But even if you haven't had, uh, had something like that touch your life it's that that's again where that awareness comes in and and it really it's uh it's important for people to hear those stories and you know be empathetic to to those situations mm-hmm. that maybe they're not uh they've never had to go through you know this this podcast is this podcast is called hippies and cowboys man i'm gonna throw you some hippie side here <laughs> i used to go i, used, I was a, still am huge grateful dead fan okay a lot of my friends, man, growing up, we we started going to Grateful Dead shows in the late 90s and 93, 94. I picked on around 94. <clears throat> um, a lot of those guys I took off with in the beginning, man, they've passed on because of this. But you ask why why you do things like this, and, and I'm going to tell you, because there's a handful of these hippies that I started this journey out in music with that are alive today and that's why I do it. You know, I mean, that's the, I've got friends I grew up with, man. My, my one buddy, I met him the first day of preschool. I'm 43 years old. He's been sober. I think now eight years, nine years. He's one of the greatest guys in the world, man. Uh, and him and there's multiple other ones, man, that I could rattle off. I don't want to say their names, but they're, they're such good people, and they're the ones why I, why I'm in this, man, because of them. You guys are doing, you guys are doing incredible work, and like I said, I just it's, I can't thank you guys enough for uh, for letting us be a part of just you know right. spreading yeah, the word, and and I hope that I hope we can, I hope we can you know change change some people's minds about uh, addiction and maybe get them to go down a rabbit hole about their own region and kind of learn more, learn more yeah, about man. it, find out how they can contribute, that type of thing. I guess mm-hmm. um, to wrap things up, like one last question I'll maybe ask you, or uh, what what are some highlights as far as uh, significant contributions that you guys have been able to make as an organization? And uh, where would you like to see, um, you know, Hope in the Hills kind of, go in in the next what 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 are kind of some some future goals at 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 this time well you know some of the things that the achievements that i one of one of the ones i'm really proud of is this music program that we've created Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. we we hired a, a psychologist here in west virginia um she's developed this program and it's we're seeing successes with it and it, it was a pilot program that we plan to get out into other recovery centers. Um, to me, that's one of the biggest accomplishments that we've made. Um, another one is, you know, being able to bring 8,500 people together and listen to a person tell their story and you hear a pin drop in the room, man. Mm-hmm. Um, that, I mean, it's heavy, man. There's some of the heaviest. I, I hadn't cried so much as a grown man in one day. <laughs> As the first year and the second year, man. I mean, some of these stories that you hear, like you said, it just they relate back to you, mm-hmm. um, and and you'll see that in the rebroadcast that we're we're going to have coming up. 
Um, right. There's a couple of those stories in there, but we also have people come up and tell their stories in between sets. Um, uh, Another memorable moment is watching Justin Wells drop 2,400 people from the stage (laughs) uh, with his big voice. Um, (laughs) He thought some people were acting up and a fight was starting, and he stopped the whole show. He goes, hey, buddy, we're not going to do that kind of stuff around here. And everybody went, what? <laughs> and it was nothing. I mean, it was it was okay. But it was a good call on his part. That was a very memorable moment. Um, you know, uh, where do I see it in the future? Um, <sighs> COVID's been a tough one, man. It's it's really kicked us in the pants, but we're we're going to bounce back from it. And and our goal is to create a bigger show. Um, we think mm-hmm. if we can get more artists involved, more artist involvement, more, more sponsor involvement. Um, we would expand to two days and in the big picture, I'd like to see this be an event that's able to move around Appalachia because I mean, it ain't just happening here. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this thing can go anywhere in Appalachia and everybody's going to get it. It would convey. Um, so I guess maybe those are my goals, man. They're maybe my personal goals. You know, the ultimate goal of the, of the board itself, you know, I'm, it, it, it is to end addiction, man, in Appalachia. It, it, you can't do it if you don't try, if you don't set the goal and go there and get it. My grandfather, man, he owned a music store, and he always said, boy, you can't sell a Martin D41 if you don't stock it. Mm-hmm. So if you're not going to try to do something – You'll never reach your goal unless you stick yourself out there. And that's why I can't thank the artists enough that participate with us because they stick their necks out there, man. They're, they're saying, hey, man, I get it. I'm with you. Um, you know, all those guys and all these guys over here, uh, uh, Kelsey Walden, Justin Wells, the Wild Rumpus, Half Bad Bluegrass Band, Tyler Childers, Brian Fallon, the Gibson Brothers, Arlo McKinley, Sonora May. All these people, man, they stuck their necks out. They backed mm-hmm. us. They believe in what we're doing. And, and I hope everyone can, man. Right. Well, absolutely. You, you guys are doing an awesome thing. And like Garrett said, we are honored that you thought of us to to help with it in any way we can. And uh, yeah, man. I'm, I'm glad that we're a part as, as much as we can be. And uh, really appreciate you coming on and doing this with us and and uh, yeah man and and everything that that you've helped us get involved with um we're grateful mm-hmm. and honored to be a part um, but yeah hey man thanks for jumping on board boys yes sir well, thank you yeah thank you yeah all right guys well yeah i guess uh thanks a lot for doing this charlie once again and uh everybody i guess we'll steer everybody to the website i mm-hmm. assume is probably the best place mm-hmm. to go Yep. Which is you can go to our, our website is www.hopeinthehills. And then uh, you can also hit us up through all social media. We're everywhere. You can find us mm-hmm. as Hope in the Hills or Healing Appalachia. Awesome. To stay up to date with what we're doing and how we're expanding and how we're growing. And if anybody has any questions, they can always uh, email us through the website. If you've got a need that you see in your area that maybe we can help. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Send us Send us an email. We'd love to talk to you. Awesome. Great. Well, thanks again, Charlie. Yeah, man. Thanks, fellas. 
right, moving on, moving right along. Now sitting down with us, we have Ian Thornton, Vice President of Hope in the Hills and owner slash founder, I'm going to use both, <laughs> of uh, WhizBang Booking and Management, of course. And uh, Ian, thanks so much for sitting down with us for a few minutes here today and talking a bit about uh, what we got going on here with you guys with uh, Hope in the Hills and Healing Appalachia. And uh, as I said before, just thanks so much for letting us be a part of it and yeah, thanks. Thanks for doing this, man. Yeah, thanks for having us and, and, and showing some more support there. You know, something like this can can grow and reach as many people as possible and, you know, have the ripple effect out to what, you know, is what the initial intention was. So it's great. Thanks for thanks for the support. Yeah, I think that I think that's one of the coolest things here is is you guys have started something so amazing over there in, in uh, your region of, you know, Appalachia, West Virginia and uh just us be, you know, you reaching out to us to, to be a part of this and, and, uh, it's, it's cool. We're, we're honored to, to do it. And, and, uh, you, you have such an impact in, in the music community and, and with this too. So it, it's really nice to get to sit down and, and talk to you and pick your brain a little bit about, uh, all the cool stuff that you get to do. Yeah, man. I'm down. All right. Um, I guess let's start. Might be a good idea to kind of just give everybody a bit of a, you know, a background story or, you know, just some context as to how you originally got involved with Hope in the Hills and uh, kind of what, what you've been able to contribute so far and kind of your role, I guess, currently. Yeah. Um, you know, Hope in the Hills and the idea behind it, like the Healing Appalachia, um, you know, Charlie Hatcher came up with that idea initially. You know, we've where we come from in our region, you know, not like, not unfamiliar to many other regions, but, you know, in particular where we are, um, you know, the opioid crisis and, you know, which obviously leads to other narcotics and, and, you know, unfortunate abuse of it. And uh, we're just, it, it's rampant where we're from. You know, we've seen a lot of friends pass away, a lot of people I went to high school with and, um, you know, grew up with. And I think, you know, Charlie had brought, it kind of hit him after he had lost a close friend. Um, and I think the idea behind it is that what are, what do we do at this time? I was, you know, I was managing Tyler and too, and Tyler was, um, you know, we had purgatory out by that point. And so, you know, things are really starting to cruise for him. And, you know, I'd been in, started the Huntington Music and Arts Festival back in 2010, done, you know, what I could with local community and regional music up to that point. And Charlie doing the same, we kind of sit there and thought, like, we, what is it that we do? What can we contribute? What can we put together to try to see how we can help, you know, combat this or help out or help those in need or, or whatever it is? And, you know, ultimately we came to the decision that we're, we're good at music. We're good at um, organizing events. Uh, we have connections with a lot of great musicians and talented people, uh, a lot of people. And this has touched, you know, everybody that's been involved in some form or fashion. So, yeah, you know, Charlie came to me um, there about probably about three years ago now, and we just started kind of spitballing ideas and, you know, came to the, the idea of starting a nonprofit with uh, currently the main focus being basically a music festival of sorts, you know, started with a, a one-day concert. Um, that's kind of where it started, and then we were able to bring some other folks in. Charlie kind of gave us a good background as far as that goes, too, kind of mm -hmm. a similar story to, to what you had, of course, and... Uh, Something that's, I mean, struck both, I well, me for sure, and I, I think I speak for Mike, uh, 
as well here too is just like since you guys have reached since you guys reached out to us and we connected about uh do, doing this and helping you guys promote it it's just like really really opened my eyes for sure um to how close to home this type of thing is because it's not i guess it's not really something that i had had put much thought into honestly up to this point and you know digging in and doing some of the research and stuff and for anybody out there listening to this i just really hope that you know it's it's a lot i I really hope that anybody out there can listen and kind of maybe go do some research for their own self and they'll they'll, i'm sure they'll you know find come come to realize that uh this type of thing is a lot closer to home than uh they might think and even if it's not opioid addiction that's uh you know just a, a addiction in general i'm sure that everybody can probably find a way to relate to that and has has had that unfortunately touch touch their life in some way so the just just the overall ability to spread awareness to this issue is i think probably the biggest the biggest factor here in uh making a difference and i think that you guys are just doing an incredible job of doing that with uh with your organization and obviously with the with the music festival is that's uh that's huge yeah i mean you're exactly right that you know it's something that can touch any and every community you know in some way and, and it's non-biased you know it's not racially specific it's not gender specific it's not age specific you know class specific whatever you know there's it's it's something that can touch anybody anywhere um so and you and, know and- one of the, oh sorry go ahead Oh, I, I was just gonna say one thing we we kind of learned more about yesterday, kind of after our call with Charlie, is is how targeted like the pharmaceuticals were with like where they introduced this and how they introduced it to deceive people and to make money and and then just it like you said it doesn't it, it's not specific to age, gender, or race, but uh, it, they introduced it targeted in a targeted fashion and then it just spreads through through the community and and then kind of what you guys are doing here is like as a community standing up and saying no like you know actually doing something about that you know because that it, it it can make it, it it seems so power like it, i don't know the, the way it moves through appalachian and how overwhelming it has been it's it it makes it seem like you know, the community can feel helpless when, when you're losing yeah. people around you all the time. And, and it just seems like you guys have a, a solid foot in the ground and uh, building the community back up to, to kind of battle back against against that. And, yeah. That was de- it's certainly something like, especially like the mining communities and things like that of West Virginia and, and Eastern Kentucky and things, you know. And um, There were certainly, I feel, targets or, you know, places where they – where, you know, Big Pharma was able to come in and realize and incentivize people, you know, these doctors to, you know, open-handedly prescribe these things. Um, and at first, you know, everybody's story, which, you, you know, you'll find through the, the stream that we have, some, some really, you know, touching interviews with folks and, you know, how it gets a hold of somebody can be, you know, wealth of different things. Could be, it could be an injury. It could be, you know introduced through, you know, a younger party atmosphere and everything's real easy at first, you know, and then slowly creeps up on you or whatever. Um, but the accessibility and some of the stuff, with, like you said, you said, the big farm and the pill mills and, and the accessibility it had. And then, 
you know, where the blame goes. It's it's really a spider web of things. It really is. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, something I definitely wanted to ask you in particular is just, uh, you know, because you, you obviously have some inc- incredible artists on your uh, roster at Whizbang, and uh, I'm sure everybody out there listening is big fans of all of your uh, artists on the roster. Um, and they've obviously been a, a big, had a big uh, part of what you're doing with the music festival in particular. Um, I just maybe wanted you to speak a bit on kind of how how that all came to be. Was it something that you guys approached them with, or were, have they have they really you know wanted to have a hand in this from day one and really stepped up to the plate themselves um, in in that sense to really be involved and and help out with this? Yeah, I mean, especially Tyler in particular. You know, um, he like like I said, the rest of us that are from around that area has seen it run rampant through, you know, friends, family, everything. So it's certainly something that is definitely meaningful to Tyler. Um, and when we brought this to him, he was on immediately, you know, and whatever he could do to support. And the first one we did, we did one, you know, the first one was 2018. And, you know, the idea behind initially was to have this work uh, hand in hand with Tyler and have Tyler kind of headline the event every year because he was able to use his platform and his rising uh, popularity at that point to bring awareness, which is what we kind of need. We need folks that maybe have a platform to stand on or have a voice that might be getting uh, a voice that can reach more folks than maybe what we could do just as an organization starting West Virginia. You know, having someone, a champion like Tyler to get up in the forefront of it um, and to kind of help lead that charge and, and let folks know um, that was kind of key to this. I think the success of Healing Appalachia to date, you know, certainly he's been a big part, um, part of it. And obviously, you know, Arlen McKinley is one of ours as well. And he's, uh, you know, he's a big supporter of this as, as well. And hopefully, you know, I think that's the great part is where, you know, music can affect everybody. You know, everybody loves music and it's something that, it's part of our daily lives, you know, in some form or fashion, you know, every single day. Um, so, you know, having that meld those two and, you know, the, the live music and, and this, the music side of things can be fun, loving and, you know, another thing. Um, but also the seriousness of it and the way they can run rampant through those, you know, kind of people as well. So, yeah, and it's, it's certainly something that's not out of, you know, Tyler's nature to, to get involved in the community. Um, you know, you see almost every year there's something new that he's getting involved with, involved in in Kentucky with uh, the, the, the water crisis that was going the, on the other year, too. Mm-hmm. Martin so, County Water Drive we did, yep. Right, yeah. It just seems like he's always finding ways to get involved and, and help, him, help him where he's from, you know. Yeah, I think that's one of the keys. You know, you got to kind of start where, you, where you, what you know and where you're from. And I think you can kind of hope that you can spark something elsewhere to maybe make another community or another person kind of get that drive and understand, like, you know, we can make a change in some form, or, you know, in some in some way, regardless of how small it has to be. But that's one of the things I love about this, too. You know, we, we like to focus yeah. on homebound kind of things because this is where we're from. You know, this is, this is who what we love and um who we represent ourselves as. So, and yeah, and that, that's kind of exactly right is, is, um, 
you know, that opioid crisis in, in Appalachia is obviously a big, big issue there, but the, the music and every, every community has its own issues that, that can be talked about and helped with, and, and music is something that's pretty universal, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, Tyler's got a lot of fans over there, all those guys have a lot of fans over there, but they also have a lot of fans everywhere across America, across the globe, too, and, and it's just something that, that could be modeled um, pretty well is mm-hmm. using using um, something like this music to, to bring people together and raise a, raise awareness. So um, I think it's really cool how you guys are starting to look out too. At how how can we affect other communities um, mm-hmm. positively um, with with this same structure? So yeah, uh, I think it'll strike a chord with with our listeners too. You know, like get people thinking. What, how how could this something like this happen where I live? You know. Yep. Um, so, I, yeah, that's that's a really cool thing to think about too. So, if you're listening, mm-hmm. um, I guess one of the la- one of the last things before we wrap things up, I'd like to ask you, Ian, is uh, I guess if you were to maybe pick out a few things. Obviously, the music festival is a is a huge part of what you guys do. But if there's anything in particular that people may not may not be totally aware of, we talked to Charlie a bit about you guys' music program. Uh, that mm-hmm. you guys do. Um, is there is there anything that you'd like to maybe highlight that uh, people might be unaware of? Um, a specific contribution or something that you guys do in particular that you really you really feel passionate about or are really proud of in particular? Yeah, well, one of the things we do as Hope in the Hills is we try to be kind of a grant based organization and nonprofit. You know, we don't actively run a recovery service. We don't do um, anything. Personally, our board hands-on. What we like to do is help fund organizations, things like that, that are doing the the, the groundwork and, and the boots on the ground. And, and you know, we've contributed to the needle exchange programs. Or um, there's some really, you know, when we started, we're only a couple years old, you know, to, to date. So um, with the funds that we raise, we try to redistribute that through different places around. So Recovery Point in Huntington and West Virginia and the first year recovery point and then the healing place, which is based out of Louisville, you know, from that first concert, we were able to supply a bed for one year for a person with, so they would, you know, for zero money on their part, you know, we were able to contribute, dedicate at least one bed at both of those. And, you know, recovery point, they have multiple um, facilities around West Virginia. But we were able to visit those places and, you know, these are people that are putting the work in and that's who we want to try to help support, build up, bring attention to. Um, and that we hope that, you know, through the concert and things, we're able to raise money through this, you know, popular music, concerts, fun stuff, and then be able to distribute that money to folks who are actually doing and running these organizations and these you know, they can be really, really small things too, like Lily's Place in um, in West Virginia as well, which, um, you know, goes towards children affected or born into addiction. Um, and there's, it, it can touch so many different factors of people's lives, young and old, even people who doesn't, you know, just, just a kid. Um, and I don't, you know, sorry, I get kind of hung up on some stuff there, but... <laughs> You know, that's that's what we try to do. We try to like build up folks and also we want to also be a resource in terms of, you know, have things laid out for people that regardless where you are, 
again, I know we're focused in Appalachia right now, but I think you said early on too there, Garrett, we want this to grow or this model to grow and spread across, you know, America and be able to do this thing, you know, further. But, um, you know, kicking it off where we're from right now is, is the focus and hoping it grows. And, and one thing that you said there um, when you were talking about, you know, funding a bed for a year and, or, and a treatment center. Um, mm-hmm. people, I, I don't know if, if everybody understands how much that costs like, and, and, and the affordability of that for somebody who would need it um, with, with a, an addiction problem. And I know Garrett had a decent stat from Canada, and I, I might butcher it a little bit, but it was like for a six-week program, was it, Garrett? Uh, yeah, so I, I spoke with a few here in Alberta and uh, one in particular. So actually something pretty cool that uh, the Alberta government here last fall introduced is uh, any recovery center that's funded by Alberta Health Services, uh, beds are now free in the sense that they there is no cost to somebody who is seeking treatment. But uh, in turn, that also means that wait lists are incredibly long to get into these centers. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, there is still like partially privately funded, meaning partially tr- uh, privately funded centers, uh, treatment centers, which means that they still do get some uh, funding from the government. But they, on the other hand, they they are, are often like much larger facilities. Mm-hmm. So they have to, you know, take donations and things like that, of course, to cover the costs for everything else. And the, yeah, the 42 week program at one of, one of the uh, treatment centers, it costs for, and this is obviously Canadian dollars, but it was about uh, 14, 14,500. Uh, I think it was per, per person, which is staggering, and pretty staggering number. It said, what, one out of every 10 first people that walk through that mm-hmm. door can't afford it. So mm-hmm. nine out of every 10 can't yeah. even afford. The, yeah, the one, one in five. One in five. One in, one in See, five that's applicants. Why, that's why I wanted you to take it. I knew mm-hmm. that <laughs> One in five applicants uh, are able to afford right. the treatment, which is and pretty you want You know, you don't crazy. want something like money to hold somebody back from being able to, like, really make that change. Because usually you'll see Absolutely. if they... It's one of the things that, um, from what I've you know understood, and by talking to folks, you know, when you when you find it in yourself, you find that reason to go get help. Then you don't want something like that holding you back. So if we can go to provide and have these facilities in place um, to be able to act on that, then you know we need to do, we need to do everything we can to help support that. Definitely, um, and I you know I, I like what you said there about uh, you know. You can have the festival and, and the fun stuff and everything, and, and that's great. But going, just going back to something we kind of talked about earlier, just the awareness itself. Like if anybody out there listening to this podcast just goes ahead and, um, you know, does some research for themselves, whether it just be raising awareness themselves and kind of educating themselves, and then they can kind of spread that on to uh, their friends and family. Like that's the very least they can do. But uh, definitely another – the next step would be to – maybe have a look at some uh, potential places in, in your area out there, out there listening that could uh, use your help with their, whether it be bigger, bigger, small contributions. Sincerely. Any, any, anything helps. And, and one thing uh, Charlie was talking to us about, he said that kind of stuck with me after we got off our recorded call last night was 
you know, been and doing this giveaway that we're doing, doing the podcast that we're doing, this cooperation thing that that we had that we're doing right now. If, and the outcome is one person gets treatment, one person uh, recovers, and that one life gets saved, then it's all worth it. Just one, you know, and mm-hmm. and that that kind of sticks stuck with me. As like, yeah. you know, yeah, is that that's an impact on as a person's life that. That's, they've gotten back and that's a life man exactly right yeah no it's uh it's not it's not it's not an easy conversation it's not a fun conversation but it's a pretty important one and uh we're we're pretty we're pretty honored to uh be a part of helping you guys promote this and just spread the word yeah. so thanks thanks to you guys we we really appreciate it and yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank, thanks for doing this. Yeah. Thanks again for the support on your side too. You know, raising awareness is one of the biggest things and making it uh, not so taboo or, you know, it's an ugly thing, but it's, it's, it's not something we should ignore or let gets, you know, swept under the rug. It's, it's, right. it's an epidemic. There's a word, there's a reason they use that word and it's a mm-hmm. crisis. So, um, yeah. So this, thanks guys. I appreciate it. Um, and if there's anywhere, if there's anywhere before we uh, wrap up here that you'd like, to steer everybody, specifically yourself, obviously, uh, your guys' website at Hope in the Hills and uh, mm-hmm. all the socials for Healing Appalachia and everything else. But uh, if there's anything you'd like to add to that, uh, you can go ahead and do that now. No, I think you nailed it, you know, especially for the stream everything. We'll be, you'll be able to find that there on Facebook, YouTube, website, everything. So um, team up with our good Perfect. friends at Nugs on that. Yeah. So yeah. it's going to be great. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks well, so much for doing yeah, this. Yeah, thanks, uh, Ian. It's, uh, yeah. Again, Mike, we're, we're right. honored to be a, a part with you guys, and, and thanks for joining us to yep. chat. Appreciate you guys. Yes, sir. Thanks, Ian. Welcome back in, everybody. Um, switching it up once again. Um, chatting with us now is Arlo McKinley, one of our favorite artists over here at Hippies and Cowboys, of course. And uh, we're really happy to have you on, Arlo, uh, to talk about this important stuff. We've been through conversations, obviously, with uh, Charlie Hatcher and Ian Thornton, um, both of whom you've, you work with both uh, on a music level and, uh, of course you know, with Healing Appalachia and everything that uh, we're doing this podcast to promote and spread awareness for. So we really appreciate you doing this. And uh, we've had, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, the importance of spreading awareness about the opioid epidemic and, uh, you know, just um, some of the work that uh, Hope in the Hills and Healing Appalachia uh some of the things that they aim to do with their organizations and of course the festival and uh it's it's going to be really interesting i think for everybody out there to hear kind of an artist's perspective as someone who both is involved with the uh with the charity and with the with the festival of course so thanks for thanks for doing this like like we said you, you know it's not it's not an easy conversation, but it's a very important one. And hopefully, you know, in doing this, it'll kind of, as we've said, kind of the running theme through 
all of these conversations has been if anybody out there listening to this can kind of go down the rabbit hole and do some research for themselves and help spread that awareness and you know maybe contribute in some way then that's uh that's that's the goal here and hopefully we can hopefully we can change uh make some change i guess yeah so i yeah i appreciate you having me on to talk about it man and uh means a lot to me it's always nice to talk to you guys so uh yeah so well, thanks. thanks for having me on of course yeah. anytime anytime yeah man. yeah um maybe a good place to start i guess uh kind of how we've been starting all these conversations is just uh uh, if you want to just give everybody a bit of uh, background information and some context as to how you got involved with Healing Appalachia in particular and um, just, I guess, what, uh, what's your connection to the festival and its, uh, its goals. Yeah, yeah its, it's significance, goals, yeah. of course, uh, what all that uh, means to you, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I got involved with it through my managers, <coughs> Ian Thornton and Charlie, who you spoke to. And uh, Charlie, uh, they're both you know, I, I don't know, they were on the board, are on it, they kind of or help organize it and stuff. And um, it was just something even prior to knowing them, it's a it's a situation, it's a cause, it's a problem that, uh, that's that been, you know, a constant theme in my life for the past however many years, whether it's friends or whether it's myself or whether it's whoever, it's just people that I know. And I think... Uh, so I got involved. I was instantly attracted to the idea. I was, uh, of, of it. Um, you know, it just, it was something that I wanted to participate in. And, um, and I don't know. I just think, uh, for me, it's more of just bringing, uh, just more awareness to it and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, an open dialogue about the, uh, whole situation and, you know, helping others realize too that they're not going through it alone and you know just things like that are kind of what is what why i like to be involved in it is mainly just uh to show people that there are people there that will try to help them get to where they need to be or uh even sometimes all you need is someone to listen and there's right. you know there's there's people because a lot of people look at this uh, like situation and you know, drug use and all that, it does, you know, it usually starts as a recreational thing and stuff like that. But what I think a lot of people don't really realize is that most of the people that end up, you know, losing their lives or losing years or time to all this, it's not like they're waking up in the morning and they're happy about it. It's Mm -hmm. not like they're like, this is great. Like, um, I love that. I love that I have to go score this first thing in the morning. It's not... So <clears throat> it's the stigma that goes along with it that I'm trying that I would like to see, you know, just really disappear from the discussion. It doesn't, that's people, and it's usually from people that have no experience with it whatsoever. So I think, I think when, um, when people that are going through it or have get to talk to someone else that has and has experienced similar things, it makes it a little easier. So, um, uh, that, that's my main reason for wanting to be involved. It's just to say, "Hey, I've been there," and yeah. you know, so we're all we're all the same. So, yeah, and going going off of going off of that too, um, you know, like you said, sometimes you just need someone to listen, and and we've well, we've said you know throughout these three uh, kind of discussions with you guys, 
on it's not an easy topic to talk about and a lot of people don't want to talk about it but there are you know just you yourself as an artist um being involved um coming on here and talking with us about it and and it's it you know drug talk is not something you've really ever shied away with even in your music but um yeah i think just people people hearing you be being open about it and also that you're willing to listen that can go a long way also with with people who are you know who need to hear it um or need right. somebody to talk to um so i think uh, that's one of the cool parts of about this whole thing with healing appalachia and and tying it into music is hey my my favorite artists are out here and they're talking about it and they're wanting to make a difference and i think it's just cool that that you're in there spearheading uh with you know along with them and and coming on here and talking to us it, i think it'll go a long way um with with the people who need to hear it or people who who are just wanting to get involved themselves um, right you know and yeah and that's the point and a lot of times i won't really i don't really like get them there's not a whole lot of things that i'm involved in like this i usually keep music music and you know that's it and i just kind of you know just keep it as a personal thing and all that but it's just that it was something that was uh this was as personal to me as music and like you said i don't <clears throat> you know i'm very open about my life what i've gone mm -hmm. through through my music right if you listen to it you obviously know so it mm -hmm. it just it just went hand in hand with what i was doing already so if i could in any way contribute to this uh to the festival to the organization in any way then i'm always going to be willing to do so so yeah yeah so uh, and, and I, I think something that's important like again it's kind of a another kind of running catchphrase people are going to be tired of me saying it but i'm going to say it a little differently this time it's just like if anybody listening out there can i think it's important what you said about uh just even being there for listening i think something that people can take away from this is just how easy it is to make a difference in somebody's in somebody's life whether they're struggling with addiction or whether it just be raising awareness because those are pretty simple things to do is being there to you know being there to listen for somebody or you know educating your friends and family about about this problem and and encouraging them to be there to listen and that type of thing because uh that's i, I i'm at least i would assume that's probably oftentimes one of the first steps to recovery is just opening up to somebody right i i believe so i think i think it's 100 percent the one of the very first steps i think the first step is kind of realizing that you're not where you want to be and then you know it's when you realize that that you kind of think okay now the next step is talking to someone about it and that is i believe that is the hardest part of it is being able to reach out to someone and talk about it because a lot of like shame and whatever comes along with it you know like there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that you know we we do you know and uh people who have these issues you know do that they're not proud of so they know that if they're really going to turn things around they're gonna have to face some of these situations and uh but it doesn't matter you're facing them so and, mm -hmm. and yeah so it's just it really is it's just having someone to talk to about it. that is the first that is the first step i think that's what i said when i played it last year or it would have been i guess the year before because last year there weren't yeah. shows but <laughs> 2019 um, yeah right so i played it and that's what i and i think i said something along the lines of that when i was playing on stage because I, I just um i knew that was going to be a tough day i had just recently buried 
my like best friend is the guy that a uh, ghost my best friend has written about mm-hmm. and uh so you know i'm holding a picture of him up there talking to the crowd and just saying that that was the, that was the point that i was trying to get across that day is that you know look at everyone around us there's you know thousands of people there i was like we are right now we're all the same everybody goes everybody's going through the same thing so and that's just always the point for me is that it's not you know, I don't know. It's not a it's not a thing to be to be beating yourself up about if you're really trying to go and get the help for it and you know, whatever people I don't know. Just take the steps to do it, you know, if that's if that's what you're trying to do or if that's at the spot you're at. Because there are people who are definitely willing to help and wanting people to come to them to help. So and that's a that's why I gotta give high praise to Charlie hatcher because he's he's one of those guys like he'll talk to anyone he'll talk to any stranger about it like i know mm-hmm. i know for a fact he is that guy that will do anything for anyone if they're struggling in that little realm of the world i don't care if he knows you're not <clears throat> i've seen it so i know he does it so mm-hmm. so it's just i don't know and plus seeing him you know so passionate over something just the way i don't know charlie and you know when I see something that means so much to him, it's kind of hard for me not to get behind him. Just right. you know the way that he is. So, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think that's I think that's what we're all just trying to do is just raise awareness, let everyone you know know they're not alone about it, and uh, try to you know entertain while we're doing it. And, yeah, you know, see and see what the outcome is. And uh, I'll bring something up here. I don't know if you want to talk about it or not, but. Uh, here just recently, I think it's the last music video you released of She's Always Around is kind of dedicated to that uh, theme also through through the vid- yeah. video. And I know in the in the description there's a link to donate to Hope in the Hills also on that, which is, is really cool. And, uh, you know, the first yeah. time I watched the video, you know, I was just listening to the song because I liked the song. And then I didn't, it didn't even click, you know, yeah. the powerful, you know, the power behind the video yeah, so uh, that that's a really well done video and, and something that i don't know maybe people should check out too because uh it's got a, the message aligns with that so i don't know if you want to talk about what went into the, that process um, and, um it was a uh, just kind of I'll, I'll run through the uh the basics of it because i still like kind of people to kind of figure it out a little bit but I, you obviously get it i don't know it's just uh <laughs> you know it's just um the song you know the song is what it is right it's, uh the she is not really, you know, the she may not, the she may be a something. And, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, the video is just me, you know, driving around looking and finding, trying to find, you know, whatever. And yeah, it goes on and on. But it's, uh, I don't know. I, I, I just thought it was a good, uh, a good chance for me to, you know, yeah, put that little, uh, you know, little spot on the YouTube thing you could donate to that because it is a fitting, you know, song for, Mm-hmm. what it is because that song it really is and kind of one of the things is even when you know you do put that stuff behind you it's always just you know it's never it's something that you live with for mm-hmm. the rest of your life and it uh, it became a it becomes a thing and that's another thing that people i think sort of have to come to uh, you know terms with is that you're not going to get rid of it completely you just have to learn to you know to live with it and you know try to avoid it and find other Absolutely. things to fill 
find other things to fill what it is because you you know usually it's usually you're trying to numb something if you get to that anyway so it's really i think getting down to what's really stopping you from you know being the real you you know it's facing situations that you've maybe been putting off for a while or something you know i don't know it's different for everyone i guess but that's my experience with it at least so for sure um, well, thanks yeah, for sharing that ins- in- inside. Yeah, there. Scoop to yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I, so, something that uh, makes a lot of sense to me, and I mean, is is pretty obvious through the music festival and stuff. But I just think it's I just think it's a it's a great way to reach people to put on the festival and you know and and do things like you did with uh, with the music video, obviously, because music is music is universal whether you have went through some of these things yourself or not music and you know becoming aware of these uh these problems has a way of uh you know bringing empathy out regardless of whether or not you've been part of of a situation like that or not and uh you know music has an ability to you know kind of heal people and tell a story and raise both raise that awareness and heal people and make people kind of connect in a different way to some of these situations. So, um, I guess, I don't know if you want to speak on that at all, just being able to kind of contribute your, your art for songwriting and storytelling for a good cause and hopefully to, to reach people. I mean, it's kind of what we've been talking about, but yeah, I don't know if you just yeah, have anything and, uh, to comment to, on top of that. Yeah. A, a, a couple of things, uh, really, like, you know, I, I kind of, that's sort of why I play music anyway, is to sort of, just to get things out of me mm-hmm. that I'm not that good on speaking of, that I know that other people are probably going to relate to as well, also already. So it kind of just goes in, uh, you know, that's already what I like to do. But what I think is good about, you know, doing the festivals and, you know, bringing the music to it is you know it is a healing thing but it also brings people out who are just fans of the music and put something in front of them they, they they're going to festival maybe not really knowing what it's about you know who are fans and then that brings awareness to those people so i think doing something like that like when you know not of course not everyone there is you know facing these issues or whatever so some people are just buying tickets to a show who are going to be you know turned on to what the core issue is that we're trying to, you know, address. And I think that's yeah. what's good about, you know, artists who have like Brian Fallon came out, Tyler right. Childers, you know, Sonora, when we all, when we all came together and did it that last year, I thought that was good. I thought it was a great thing because, you know, it's, yeah, just because there's going to be people coming out for just the music. And I think leaving with a little bit more uh, knowledge about a situation that they may not know so much about. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess, uh, if there's, I guess before we wrap, wrap things up, um, first of all, thank, thanks again for kind of sitting, sitting down and doing this and sharing some of these, sharing some of these stories, some of these experiences, some of your knowledge on the situation and, and the, and the issues, um, that's, uh, Hope in the Hills and Healing Appalachia are trying to address 
And uh, I guess if there's any significant, because obviously we talked a lot about the festival, we talked about a lot about their music. Uh, if there's anything significant that you can think of that you've been able to contribute that you're particularly proud of, um, maybe just uh, tell us a bit about that. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think it's really just, um, <clears throat> I think I, I, you know, I told Charlie, I think the thing that I'm just most proud of is that I told Charlie that I will play this festival you know, for as long as it goes. Mm-hmm. I, it's just something that I believe in that much. And I, I don't know. It's just some, you know, some, you know, music is a job and all that. And it is what it is. But there's still, it's life. Every, you know, it's, we're all just, at the end of the day, we're all just people. Mm-hmm. And it's these kind of situations. And especially, like, a lot of my fans, I know, you know, go through this kind of stuff. So I want to be as connected to all, you know, to all of them as I can. So, you know, I, I got to sit back and say that I'm kind of, you know, I don't want to say I'm proud of myself or whatever, but I want to be that, you know, artist that really does connect with someone. If I'm talking to you at a show or if we're talking about something like it, I'm invested in that conversation, mm-hmm. like what we're talking about, or, you know, I wouldn't be, you know, taking the time to really have, I don't know, I just, I'm just proud that, uh, to be a part of the whole thing, really. And I'm honored that, you know, that, they asked me originally to become part of it and uh it's just something that um i'm more honored to be a part of than you know to say i'm proud of myself or anything about but you know just being a part of it in general yeah uh, just makes me feel like i'm giving back to a uh to a system to a thing that i you know that i still have to rely on you know i i in no way am i gonna you know sit in line and say that I'm completely fine or anything like that. I don't even care to say it. Um, but it's a struggle. It's life. And so we do what we do. So if I didn't give back to something that has given so much to me already, then I would just, you know, I don't know. I just wouldn't be happy about it. I wouldn't be happy with myself. I wouldn't want to be that person. So I'm just uh, happy to get the chance to give back to something that's been similar to other things that have helped me so well yeah we're grateful and i know a lot of other people are too so um man thanks again for for joining us and doing everything that you do as an artist yeah. and everything through through this man we, we appreciate the hell out of you um Dude, thank and, you, man. And, and in a lot of ways too. so um, yeah same to you guys man i, I appreciate you guys tons well, yeah, I guess, yeah, on that, well, we don't really have to officially sign off this one, do we? That's kind of... No, not so much, but uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess uh, thanks again, Arlo. Really appreciate yeah. it, yeah. and uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks for sharing everything yeah. that you sat down and shared with us today. Yeah, for sure, man. Any Anytime, anytime. Always happy to talk to you guys, man. HealingAppalachia.org is where you can go to find out more information about what they're doing at Hope in the Hills. Donate and stay up to date with everything that they've got going on.
8 p.m. Eastern Time on Friday, February the 12th on Nugs.net. That's N-U-G-S dot net. Hoping the Hills will present that free, completely free, live concert event. And of course, that video content is from the Sold Out Festival from 2019 with never-before-seen footage, including a full 90-minute live set from Tyler Childers and his band, as well as highlights from Brian Fallon, Arlo McKinley, Sonora May, and more. You absolutely need to tune into this one. It's going to be great. Enjoy a night of somewhat live music and get excited for next year's festival. But before that, you need to get on this even sooner and get on this right away if you haven't done so already. You need to go and enter the raffle at thehippiesandcowboys.com. Like we said, we are giving away a prize bundle that includes a 2019 Healing Appalachia Festival poster, a signed copy of Diamond Western by Arlo McKinley on vinyl, a signed Tyler Childers Country Squire print, of which there's only 2,000 genuine ones in the world, a $50 gift card to Tyler Childers' online store, and we are going to throw in a couple pieces of merch from our online store at Hippies and Cowboys. One person will take home all of that gear, and every single penny that we make off of that raffle will go towards local addiction recovery treatment centers here in Alberta and in Iowa. Do not miss out on this raffle. That is a huge prize bundle. And of course, you'll be supporting a great cause. And I will also throw in as a bonus our undying appreciation. So thanks so much for tuning into this special episode of the podcast. We really appreciate y'all listening. Thanks in advance for entering the raffle. I hope you all learned something out there, and I hope you're all willing to do your part to make a difference. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. (laughs) 